Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. The coronavirus pandemic has been a strange experience for a number of reasons. There have been lockdowns, social distancing and economic fallout. Some people have been very worried about the spread of the disease and some not so much. Some people have felt the financial impact deeply and others have been unaffected. This is what I mean about it being a strange situation. It seems that some of us are more deeply in this pandemic than others. Melissa Brown is a financial educator and the author of Budgets Don't Work, But This Does. And she's here to talk about her book and how families might manage their finances in such uncertain times. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hi. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, let's talk about your book first. I'm going to ask oh. the, ob- the obvious question. Why don't budgets work? <laughs> I think budgets don't work in the same way that diets don't work. We know that they're super restrictive. And then once they're over, we just want to splurge. And uh, often what happens with diets is we put on all the weight that we lost when we were on it. So instead, when it comes to food, it's eating well and understanding our physiology and figuring out what works for us. Um, And for money, it's the same. It's understanding our makeup, understanding our money stories and figuring out a system that works for us. And yes, we'll still need to understand our bills. Yes, we're going to need a system still, but it's not that one size fits all budget system, which I think for a lot of people is, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> no more spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea. But I guess in my head, the question for me is, what happens if you have always been hopeless with money and now you find yourself at a time of life where you've got dependents, so you've got young children, yeah. you're mm-hmm. working, juggling family life, just staying afloat, you know, just trying to stay above water here. Is it ever too late to get things in order? Absolutely not. Um, And I think a lot of us feel that we feel a bit of shame around money. We feel we've grown up with money stories where nice girls particularly don't talk about it and they certainly don't say they want more of it. Um, Or if we're a creative type, we might just think that we're not good with money. We might have grown up with stories around a man taking care of a woman or what have you. And I think it's really important to understand that the right time to start thinking about money and acting better with money is today. Um, It doesn't matter what you've done up to now. It doesn't matter whether you think you're at the right age and stage. It's about deciding, okay, right, I might not think I'm great with money, but let's unpack why that is and particularly if I have little ones I already have so much stress let's reduce the financial stress by actually doing money a better way and um, I know that you just kind of hinted at it there and earlier that part of when you say when we want to diet or manage food well we we want to understand ourselves better and our physiology and I know Mm. in your book you talk about discovering our own 
financial personality type. How do we go about that? It seems like such a, for me, such a foreign thing to try and work out. Like I could tell you what kind of person I am. I could tell Mm. you what kind of, you know, I'm a huggy, touchy-feely person, but I couldn't, (laughs) maybe I could tell you about money. I'm a hopeless spend it all if I have it kind of person. Is that what you mean or is it more... That's, that's part of it, absolutely, but it's more than that. So, um, in the, so, and I think part of what you're explaining is we have language around personalities and, you know, I'm an introvert, I'm super socially awkward. During this time with COVID, I've loved that there's been no hugging. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, if there's one good thing to come from, because you're probably the absolute opposite. Where are all the people and can I touch them? But when it comes to money, we don't have a language around it. So we're not used to understanding the traits to do with our money and those inherent ways that we act. We just think this is normal for us. Um, And what the reason that I categorise them as four different money types is to show you that some of how you're feeling and some of how you act with money is actually really normal for you. And it's actually about finding the strengths in that money type and minimising the weaknesses. So, for example, for a creator money type, words like manifesting and mantras and gamification and rules and rewards might be really exciting and enticing. For a worker money type, they're going to be thinking, oh, they're doing money wrong. I hate that approach. Whereas neither is wrong. It's just not right for you. And if I try to force manifesting onto a worker, they would run screaming from the hills. Um, and vice versa, if I put worker traits on a creator, they'd hate it. But it's figuring out who I am, why do I behave the way I do with money? And then most importantly, what are the habits that are right for me? They just fit. And that when I look at them, I go, oh, of course that makes sense. You said before that um, it doesn't matter what your history has been up to now, the time to get onto things is today. If we mm. were to speak of today, whenever someone is listening to this podcast, it is a very uncertain time. People will have lost their jobs. Others will be on JobKeeper and less hours. And everybody is looking at the end of September and the end of yeah. JobKeeper um, with the idea of, you know, will my job exist? Will my company exist? Yeah. And if, yeah. and if those things don't exist, will there even be jobs to get? Yeah. Um, so what do we do in, a, in, in this kind of space, which is fairly unprecedented for our generation at least? Yeah. Look, it's really important. And again, depending on how you, what your money story was growing up and depending on your type, you may either be hoarding cash like there's never before because you're just scared and you just need, you're just not spending and it's from a fearful place. You might be overspending and just trying to pretend like it's business as usual and head in the ground. You might be suffering from absolute paralysis by analysis and overthinking but not actually doing anything for your finances other than being in your head Or you could just be creating such frenetic activity, even if it's just exercising because you want to be busy. 
nothing to do with your finances. You just need to be busy. (laughs) (laughs) Or you might just have this whole story of it's, I'm not enough to get through now. And certainly those of us with a money story around not enough can be really tough at the moment. And what I would say to everyone listening is it's important to understand that this is not business as usual. And we really need to make sure that how we felt when this all happened, you know, that panic, that sick feeling of, oh, I'm not ready for this. We don't want to feel that at the end of September. So we want to actually take financial action, whether that's going back through three months worth of bank statements and swapping, pausing or reducing expenses, whether it's putting any excess of JobKeeper because you're part-time and I'm actually receiving more at the moment for a short period of time into a buffer account because I don't have any savings. And for everyone, making sure that I have three months' worth of a buffer, three months' worth of expenses set aside that I don't touch so that if September comes and, God forbid, my job isn't there, I then know, okay, at least I have a runway of three months to figure out what I should be doing. And it is having chats with our little ones to say, you know what, it's not normal, is it, at the moment? Um, And you know how we used to do four activities a week before? Now we need to pick one. And for them to realise that, and you can actually say, hey, this is how you can really help the family. You know, this is how you can help mum or this is how you can help dad or whatever your family makeup is. And I think it's really important to realise we need to take action and we need to involve the whole family in that action so that you don't feel one of those four things that I said at the very beginning, which prevents us from taking actions. Now, my challenge would be for some people is how can you have a cost-free Christmas? Now, what can you be doing in order to, so that it doesn't cost you a cent? And if you start now, you know, these are some interesting ways of, attacking your finances rather than, right, I just need to budget. I did talk about the end of September because that's the the date that's kind of looming in everyone's minds. But when it comes to how we manage our money, how far ahead should we be looking? Because I think from Mm. the beginning of this pandemic, people have just, well, I know I have anyway, just been going day to day, week to week. And if we get yeah. through a month, we're like, wow, that was that month felt like six months. But uh-huh. you know, we're all kind of buckled down because this, the future is so uncertain. I mean, yeah. generally, how would you look at the rest of the year? Would you just, some mm. people are saying, oh, it's just a write-off. Let's just, let's 2021, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> look, I think it depends on your particular financial situation. So for some people, getting through the week, getting through the month, and then just slowly and carefully building that buffer and maybe doing one financial thing every week so that by the time they hit September, they're in a better financial situation than now. That's going to be how they get through that year. And I think in that situation, you just need to give yourself a break and say, you know what? That's okay. One week at a time. But for other people, they're actually in a secure job. They haven't lost income or they're actually benefiting from the moment. And for them, I want to say, for you, it really should be business as usual insofar as keep saving, keep looking ahead. I know there's some young families that I've spoken to where they said, should we still be saving for a home? So yes, absolutely. If you still 
can afford to put that money aside, definitely keep doing that because there are going to be opportunities over the next couple of years where potentially property prices will fall. Potentially, we've already seen the share market fall and that's opportunities in amongst this. And so for some people, it's, it's having enough cash that we can take advantage of those opportunities. And that's where it really is those, um, I see at the moment, there can be these extreme positions where, yes, some people are going to be living week to week and that's okay. But some people are going to still be looking three to five years ahead and they should be. And then for all of us, it's, yes, our dreams might be delayed. Those great financial plans might be delayed. But it's coming up with a plan A, B and C in amongst that as well so that if we can't do that thing in the time frame that we wanted it to, we're still planning to do it eventually. And in that makeup of things that we can do in terms of managing our finances, what's your approach to work? Because some people would be frantically looking around trying to find as much work as possible if their hours have been reduced. Others might be just looking out there thinking, what's the point? The market's flooded. There's so many people who are looking for work. How would you approach employment at this period? Look, again, it can be looking at your inherent strengths for this. So a worker money type will potentially be looking at how can I just find more work? I need to stay busy. I need more paid employment. So for them, that will absolutely be the right approach. Um, a creator might be looking at it differently. So for them, they might be looking at, well, outside of working for someone, how else could I earn income? And for them, it might be realising that business idea they had or that online course they always wanted to start or a different way of earning income. A discerner might be about, again, ideas or financial challenges where they can say, so uh, how can I find $500 worth of income next month? That's how I'm going to, I'm going to view it that simplistically. So it might be selling something or it might be odd jobs or it might be um, Uber or it might be a second job. Um, and a relator, it might be more of a shared thing where it's a, you know what, I don't have any bandwidth or any time to find more employment, but maybe I could use the power of my network and my connections to put out there for work because I can't imagine going to seek because that's overwhelming to me. But because through my collaboration, I know there's people in my networks that potentially need services and I can put out that I'm looking for work there. So it's just finding different ways to find more income, depending on how you are inherently um, driven to behave. Look, finally, possibly the biggest question that no one's been able to answer. <laughs> so <laughs> Why don't I end build up? I'm curious. I was gonna, no pressure. Um, no. What do you think the impact will be with the end of JobKeeper? That's a great question. So I've been thinking about this a lot um, and I think I'll be curious to see in July whether the government extend it for hospitality and those sectors that have been severely impacted and I really hope that they do. Um, but my prediction from JobKeeper is that if it ends at the end of September, unfortunately people will be grabbing 10 grand from super and families are going to want a nice Christmas and Unfortunately, 
they often equate that with spending money. So I think that may push the recovery through Christmas, but I'm very concerned. I think that the economy will really see um, the effects at January, February next year when we don't have that impetus to spend over Christmas, when JobKeeper's run out and suddenly what next? Um, so I've been exhorting all of the people that either follow me on Insta or on different channels and said, I want you to be ready at the end of September with a three-month buffer so that it doesn't matter. But no matter what, I want you to be ready for this falling off the cliff moment that may come in Jan Feb. And if it doesn't, perfect. You've got a buffer of three months of expenses and you've got some savings built up. But if it does, then at least you're going to be ready. Oh, that's great advice. And not too late, which is what I love about it. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Melissa, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. That's Melissa Brown. She's the author of Budgets Don't Work, But This Does. And I'll put links to where you can find the book in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.